Hey, TABC family, welcome back to the podcast. We're glad to have you with us as we seek to go deeper into Sunday's teaching and ask the questions that will help us live out God's word in our daily lives. That's why we do this podcast, to equip the followers of Jesus here at 12th to grow in obedience and affection for him every day. Our hope is that at 12th, we would be a biblical community of kingdom people who are joining God in the restoration of all things, one person, one place at a time. And our desire is that our time together today equips you to do just that. Thanks for being with us. Let's jump in. Hey, everybody. It is Darren and Jordan talking to you about Missions Conference, which was this past weekend. And... Um, we had several sessions and we had our speaker, Andrew Brockelman, come and many missionaries come back home to be with us. So it was a great time. What we want to do on this podcast is just kind of rehash the weekend. And Garen and I each have a couple of things that stood out to us. And so just talk about kind of the main points of what Andrew brought to us and what we felt like were really dominant and important themes throughout the weekend. So, um, but before we even get to that, Garen, something almost as momentous as Missions Conference happened this weekend. Almost. Just well, two, two big things. Two big ones. Equally as unlikely. Yeah. And I can just hear the sound of all the, <laughs> all the Chiefs fans forwarding, 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 forwarding yeah. on their on their. Was it right phone. now? I can hear, you can hear them like shutting off the, the podcast there. They're That's getting right. off. It's going to drop. We'll it's have like the on, first minute, we'll have 50 and then it'll drop. It's like on Star Wars. He's like, and then there were many voices that cried out at once or something. <laughs> this is the sound of many people logging off at once. <laughs> yeah. The Jayhawks came through and the Broncos came through for you, Garen, which is big. Yeah. The Broncos. I was not expecting that at all. Nobody was. Nobody was. Yeah. Those Chiefs fans, they came in thinking they were going to, you know, they came in a missions conference at night, all like, you know, excited and yeah, man, by the end of it. Yeah. And what's crazy, they, when they were afterwards, I was reading something about the last time the Broncos won. It was in Kansas City. I was at that game. Oh, it wow. It was Peyton's last game, last win over the, over the Chiefs. And that's where the Chiefs led the whole game. Oh, no. I was down with my brother, down in the bowl. It was so loud. I had a, a headache, a migraine almost. So how did you get out of Arrowhead after that victory? Because that must have been ugly for you. Well, I mean, the whole, so the whole game, the Chiefs were ahead. The Broncos, Manning led them back in the second half, three touchdowns to tie it. Do you uh -huh. remember this? A minute left. They kick off. First play, they give it to Jamal Charles. He fumbles the ball. Chris Harris Jr. picks it up, Jayhawk. goes in for a touchdown. And the last minute, I mean, it went from crazy loud to crickets. So the whole way out, it was crickets. But I kept so, my mouth shut. Uh, <laughs> I, had a, I had a Manning uniform. I kept my mouth shut. There was a guy behind me who was drunk, a Broncos fan, who was shouting. And I'm like, I'm going to let him. He's going to get beat up and yeah, mauled. He's going to take I'm just all being the punishment quiet. for you. And yeah. I moved away from him. So that's one of those things where Jamal Charles fumbles and the Broncos get it. And you, you're like cheering quietly, like, yay, to yourself. You don't dare cheer loudly. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so I was actually at the last game, last time the Broncos beat them, and that was a long time ago. Oh, so. man. Anyways, but that's not so important. Sorry, Chiefs. Yep. You'll be okay. Listen, this was the Broncos Super Bowl. This was the, this is the peak of their year. You guys are yeah. going to go on to the playoffs and probably the Super Bowl again. Yeah. So, so this was our Super Bowl. So. Good things ahead and for now you we guys. Get to, yeah. Yeah. That's all we get. No so. big. All right. We are going to jump into... Uh, what really matters. And so here comes some missions conference stuff, Garen, that we thought was the most impactful. So, so Andrew, our great speaker started us off sharing about how he is from Northwest Kansas. Yep. 
and grew lots of farm. agriculture, grew yep. up on a farm, and basically relayed this story about this field that was essentially worth a, a lot of money. I don't remember the dollar 50000 Yeah, a lot of money, and how the farmer forgot to harvest it, and it just spoiled in the field there. And he, he kind of likened that to the harvest that Jesus tells us about, and he started us off on this idea that uh, a harvest without laborers is a tragedy. Yeah. Right? Yep. And just created this great need within us. Yes. That we need to be urgent about the, the harvest that's out in the world. So that really set the tone for the whole weekend. I thought it was brilliant. Yes. He even brought it back around at the end of his speech. He did. And uh, and nailed it home for us again. So. And that was one of the big things that stuck with me was just that sentence that a harvest without laborers becomes a tragedy. Right. And, yeah. He, so he did a great job with that. Set it up really well. Yeah. And then he moved us the next morning. So Sunday morning, he moved us into uh, really the whole story of missions throughout the Bible. He he got us on this idea that missions is not a theme in scripture. It is the theme. It is the main thread throughout the whole Bible. And he really just hit us with story after story after story about how God's aim is not just you and I, but yep. it is the people that he can reach through you and I. Yes. And so he had this really great, what, what was that thing he said about not to us, but through us? Yeah. He, and not just the people through us, but even the nations that he really wants. We're, we're, you know, he, he went to Galatians 4. We're heirs of Abraham. We're his children. And we have that same mission he has, which is I'm going to bless you to be a blessing to all nations and to all peoples. Right. And so, yeah. So he took a lot of scripture that was so interesting. He'd do the part we focus on, like 1 John 2 2 that he's the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And he did dot, dot. And he talked about, we all love the fact that he's died for me and I'm saved from my sin and I have a relationship. And then he said, but the rest of the verses and not just for us, but for the sins of the whole world. Right. And that's when he said, the gospel is not just to us, but it's meant to be through us. Right. And that was kind of the theme I thought of that whole morning is that that theme of the nations run all the way through and that we're blessed to be a blessing and we're blessed to to reach the nations because that's what God cares about. Yeah, it's so natural for us to make God's story and the gospel just about us and my salvation and yep. my restoration, which is a huge part of it. We're not trying to downplay that, but if we think that it ends with us, then we've really missed the whole picture. Missed, missed the boat. Of what yep. God's trying to Definitely. do. Because when he paints that picture of of Revelation, uh, I forget what chapter is in Revelation, but we're all standing around the throne right? At the end of time, yeah. it's every tribe and every yeah. tongue and every nation. So if we think that it's just about us and our salvation, we really sell things pretty short. Um, yeah. Those, and those verses that, that he mentioned, right? Like Psalm 46. Did you mm-hmm. talk about these already? Like the, yeah. the, the be still and know it's this verse yeah, be still and that, know that we that love to God. put on t-shirts and put on our journals and be still and know that I am God is a great verse. But if you, if you keep reading, it's a call to missions. Yeah. It's a call to love others, right? Yep. To the nations right after that. I think nations occurred twice in that verse right after that. And then Psalm phrase. 67, um, may God be gracious to us, right? And it's it starts kind of feeling like it's about us. And we can so re- easily read that and think, yes, you know, thinking inwardly about myself. But then that it's really not about us, that God so often blesses us so we can go bless others, that he's gracious to us. So we can go be gracious yeah. to others. So you know, another thing that grabbed me in yesterday morning, Jordan, is when he came to Jesus, and we all know the Jesus scriptures, the Matthew twenty-eight, right, the Great Commission, Mark sixteen, Luke twenty-four, John twenty, where he says, "As I as I am sent, I send you." Acts one eight. I had not realized, but he's like 
Jesus said those five things in the, his last 40 days, and it was the thing he spoke to most about in that time. Hmm. And I'm like, whoa, right. After in his last 40 days, he keeps bringing up the mission. And he even asked, why did he keep bringing it up? And he said, because it's, it's so easy to forget and to think it's about us. And Jesus had to keep reminding them, it's not just about you, it's about the nations. Yeah. So that was, uh, that whole Sunday morning was really great. And then his call that we need to reorient our lives, our lives around God's global purposes. Right, yeah. And that's kind of how he finished uh, the morning. And that call really grabbed me because um, it's easy. Like he said, my life becomes oriented around Jayhawks or football or basketball or my kids or my grandkids or work. And then you get, you, you get knocked off focus. And that's where he told the story was related to that, the the dude in the Olympics. You should recount that. It yeah, was so that was, powerful. that was so good. Just this call that not only is God looking to bless others through me, but that... Um, yeah, that that target is is the nations. And so this dude, and I'll let you finish it. I'll start it. He's in yeah. the Olympics as a shooter, and he's so far ahead at his last shot. All he has to do is just hit the target anywhere, and he yeah. wins. So he takes aim. And you finish what happened. <laughs> he's in the he's in the wrong lane, right? So yeah, he, the wrong he aimed at the wrong tar- yeah. target. He hit it and it was a bullseye and yeah. he thought he won. And then he looked at the scoreboard and he dropped to eighth. Yeah. And he realized I hit the wrong target. And so often we get focused on things in our lives and we think we're crushing it. And yeah, for what the goal is, we're really doing well. But how often are we looking at the wrong goal? Yep. And we've missed the target. That was such a good illustration. Yeah. Man, so I can really be doing excellent. important things, but if I'm missing out on God's purpose for the nations, I'm in the wrong, I'm shooting in the wrong lane, as he said. I'm shooting at the wrong target. And I think I'm, like you said, I'm crushing it, but I'm really not. I'm missing out on the most important thing. And it's so easy for us to um, just become consumers, right? And to just make like my comfort and my happiness and my life goals to yep. make that the bullseye yep. and to do really good at those yep. and to feel like, okay, I've got it all figured out, but then there's still this nagging and it's like, if I'm hitting the bullseye, why am I still feeling this? Well, cause we're shooting at the wrong one. Yeah. So man, I thought that was so, so well said by him. So yeah, it's not just that missions needs to be something we talk about one weekend a year. It's not that it just needs to be a check we write once a month. It's like, we need to reorient our lives around it. Yeah. yeah. Like put everything up on the whiteboard and just like, redistribute priorities. Okay. This is everything in my life. Where does God's mission fit into all this? Um, it's, it can't just be something that I add onto what I'm already doing. It's gotta be the main focus. Right. Yeah. So even somebody like us, I mean, I've, I've got grown kids, but I've got grandkids, you've got kids that even that reorienting is asking the question, okay, am I just leading my kids, trying to read them and lead them in a personal relationship with God through Jesus? Or am I doing something bigger? Am I even trying to reorient in how we spend our time around God. Am I doing things to help them see his global purpose and mission? So just reorienting everything, just asking the question, is this really a part of what I'm about with my family, with my parenting, with everything? Is this central to who I am? Yeah. So it was a great call. And then Sunday night, so just last night, he he defined what it means to be a global Christian. It's somebody who follows Jesus and their and Christ's global cause is really at the center of their life. That it's not like I follow Jesus and missions is like we just said, it's something that's on my plate, but it's not the main thing. It's like, no, a global Christian, like, like you say often, right? Like you think globally, act locally, uh-huh, but right. it's all in service of being a conduit for God's blessing, not where it ends. Is that right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So that he just, 
another great challenge last night. And then he kind of gave us these four rhythms of how to be, how to be global Christians, right? Yes. And so he said, we are to be welcoming, sending, going, and mobilizing. And so maybe we can just break those down quickly here and talk about what that really means. Like if I'm going to be a welcomer in Emporia, Kansas, what does that look like for me? And that, that really is, I think, focused. um, We're not a large city, so we don't have like refugee populations here, like some large cities, but what we do have are the international students who come and God has brought them here for a reason. And many of them, their hearts are prepared for the gospel. We've already seen that, that there are a number of students who are new this year, who some of our college students are leading in gospel studies who are actually moving towards the kingdom and are being challenged and drawn to Jesus. And so the idea that the nations are here and we're to be people who welcome them. Um, And that includes not just doing Bible studies, but we actually love them in practical ways. And so that's why we always do the Thanksgiving every year or in the summertime have conversation partners or we need rides for Walmart, you know, at the beginning of each semester. So it's a, a way so welcoming is one way I can be involved in what God's doing globally. And it's welcoming the foreigner who comes to God brings to me. Garen, you were in interma- international ministry for so long. And man, even like, okay, I really do care about God's global mission. And I really do see these students who come over here for a short amount of time. And I see the potential to share God's word with them, not just for their salvation, but for where they come from, yeah, right? Like right. I see the value and the beauty in it, but it's still really hard for me being that bought in to make time and make room in my heart for something like that. Because I've got nine other things I'm thinking about at the same time. So how do we reach the everyday person who it's not their job to be at church every day and it's not their job to think about God's school mission all the time? How do we like convince them that it's worth it to be a welcomer. What did you do during your time at Focus that you saw results of like opening everyday church people's eyes to the fact that welcoming isn't just a command from Jesus. It's actually really worth it. And you're going to be really blessed by it. How, I mean, yeah. how do we I, do that? The, the two things is we always, when we like do missions conference, we tend to think of God's mission of the nations is primarily sending. We send people to the nations. But I used to talk quite a lot that in the book of Acts, before the first missionaries are sent in chapter 13, God brings the nations to where the church is. And you have Cornelius, you've got the Ethiopian eunuch, you've got the people at Pentecost. So that God, part of his plan is he brings the nations to us. And then I would, just people who would catch that and say, I want to give it a try. We just would encourage them, invite them into your real life. Like uh, yeah. that's what thanks you're doing Thanksgiving already. Have them over. Cause I think part of, part of my flesh pushing back is like, I don't have time for one more thing, but if you invite the foreigner, both literal and figurative into your life to do regular everyday stuff with you, yeah, you're, you're accomplishing God's mission while you're still doing the things you need yeah. to do. We'd be going up to Topeka to go to the mall for a day and we'd just be like, who can we take? And we'd take a couple of people along. Yeah. And you've got talk time on the way up. They get to have an experience. You get to develop a relationship. I mean, just all sorts of stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Again, Thanksgiving, like I'm having family. Why, why not have two more places at the table? And you'd be, I heard so many stories of the older people, the grandparents really loved getting to know those students. I heard that so often. Mm. And people are like, that was so cool how much my parents, my older parents got into talking to them. And yeah. Yeah. I think the enemy tells us the lie that it's going to be too much. You've got enough. It's too, you know, too many, too many things on your plate right now. In reality, that's not always true. And there's ways to integrate 
people who need God's love into your life yep. and still accomplish what you need yeah. to do. So does it require a little bit of creative thinking on my part or being willing to let someone into my mess? Yeah, it does. But <laughs> Especially that one that you're like, <laughs> I'm willing to let them into my mess that uh-huh. it's not going to be perfect. My yeah. car is not going to be totally cleaned up when I go to Topeka, but my, that's okay. My kids are going to misbehave. Yes, they're going to, uh-huh. But yeah. they need to actually, see, that's actually what they need to see yeah. is how do I respond to that? Because sure. a lot of them come from cultures where parents are very heavy handed, mm-hmm. like dictators and to even to see you handle stuff like that with some grace and yeah. Yeah. We, that's what we saw. It made a big impact. We heard that a lot. Like, wow. Seeing you guys, the way you parent yeah, or what your marriage is like, that's so different than we have. Back so home. sometimes we like to put the excuse out there. Like, oh, there's so many things out there I can't control. And that's why I can't do this. But in reality, it's in our own heart. Right. Yeah. So maybe something to wrestle with. Okay. So that's welcoming sending Garen, How do we be senders in Emporia? Well, that's the one we most often think of when we think of the missions conference, right? I'm challenged to give to the missions budget. I'm challenged to support missionaries financially, and I'm challenged to pray for them. And those kind of are the big ways. Um, we're trying, the missions committee is really working hard that we're not just giving the money and it's detached that we're trying to get like, yeah, okay, support what we're doing with missions but let's adopt a missionary and let's be an ambassador and let's have, let's be, let it be somebody that you're actually getting their email there. You're reading their letter. You're communicating back to them. That's what I always, when I read the letters, I always try to send something back like, Hey, I prayed for that. Or a week later, how did that go? Mm. And, and sending them, you know, a little care package, something like that, that when they come here, I get to be the one that has lunch with them yeah, on right. Sunday because yeah. I've been communicating. So a cool story. So we hosted the Masons this weekend and they were asking us last, no, Sunday, Saturday night, man, who is this person? We connected with them last time and we've actually texted a little bit over the last year and kept up. We can't remember their name and it was Jose Lopez. And they, oh, they were, cool. and so we, once we figured out who it was, uh, we got them reconnected and they had coffee yesterday on Sunday for like two hours. But that happens because people are willing to make space. Yep. Make space and, and make a connection. And then when they come back, it's really meaningful mm-hmm. to catch up and talk. And it's not just good for us, but man, it's so good for those missionaries too, to know that someone here is thinking and praying. Uh-huh. And you hear more of their heart. That's the thing when Pat and I have done that. Um, you just get to know them even more deeply. You hear more of their story. You hear more of what's happening, more of their struggles and where they're at and they become even more real people to you and not just that same yes. person, right? That's just up Man, there on that's the pedestal. Hard. It is so easy to put missionaries up on a pedestal and just be like, well, they're up here, they're out there and I could never, I yeah. could never approach their spirituality or whatever. And then you host them and you're like, they're regular people. Yeah, just like, and they're telling us stories like about their regular lives with their boys and everything. And yeah. So if, if that's an issue for you and you're like, man, I, I could never do what missionaries do. They're so like above me, man, just host them and talk to them and have dinner with them. And you see quickly, everybody, everybody is a person, right? Yep. So, and sending becomes easier when we realize that. Yeah. And get over. And I think we bit. send well, and it's not just a check that we just do. We, our hearts get drawn more into God's, God's global mission. Right, and he right, talked right. about that, right? He talked about where you're, where you put your investment, your time and your treasure, your heart goes there. Yeah. And he talked about when they started praying for the nations, which is part of sending, then he got more drawn into it yeah. and started caring more about those countries. And when he gave to a compassion child, which we do, Leonidas, and you, when you do that, your heart gets more drawn to that country. And I notice news from there more and um, just different stuff. So yeah, that, the, that we're, we're sending, we're doing that, but in a way we want to engage our hearts. 
And that's one thing that I so appreciate about 12th is that, and I'm not throwing shade at any other church that does a different way, but I'm so glad that we don't write a check to the Lottie Moon Fund or to NAM or whatever and just put it in the mail. I love that we put so many resources and so much time and effort into having ambassadors to get to know missionaries, to host them. Like, I really love that that's our heartbeat. That's yeah. one of my favorite things about yeah. our church. So, yep. okay. I think we send well. So the challenge people, let's keep doing that. Let's keep doing it well. Yeah, totally. Third one is going. Uh-oh, people, are, people are skipping over this one. Yeah, already. Because sometimes you got to call to go, right? Yeah, that's, and that one's the scary one. That's why the week before, you know, we had the Bauks who were, he was a bungie. And how God called him out of that, and but called him into his skill set as yeah, an engineer. Right. He wasn't over there being the gospel witness guy. He was over there using his skill set to generate graphs so they knew where in the Philippines church needed to be planted. And I mean, even Andrew talked about that yesterday, that you can go three different ways. And one of them is I just take my skill set overseas. And But yeah, that's so scary to a lot of people, but just that we need to be open to that. And in the meantime, I can do short-term trips. And that opens sure. my heart. You know, you, you, you can talk to that more than I can. Yeah, totally. How that has opened your heart to missions. Oh, I, I think everybody who's gone, I don't know that I've ever encountered somebody who went on a short-term trip, came back and said, that was a waste. Like, I, I'm, I really regret doing that. Man, you go hoping to bless others and, and you yourself are blessed. And even though you come back physically and mentally drained, man, spiritually, you are just so filled because you've seen... God's mission and you've participated it. And truthfully, that's what we're meant to do. Yeah. And when we do what we're meant to do, it, it energizes us and yeah. fills us on a spiritual level. So that's a great way to jump in and that's a great way to do it. I don't want you guys to hear this going portion and be like, okay, it's my first ever missions conference. He said, go <laughs> bye, bye guys. I got to go to Africa for 10 years. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's a big leap. That's yeah. not the first right. step. The first step is probably being an ambassador with a missionary and feeling out if God's calling you, maybe dipping your toe in a short-term trip. I mean, the, and if that's all you ever do, then that's all you ever do. And that's great. If that's what God calls you to, that's great. But, but um, just being open to where I'm, I'm putting on the table, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do for this. Yeah. And as scary as that sounds. And you know, it's cool. You went to Ghana for a week, right? You were there for a week, you mm -hmm. said. Yeah. But when Mel moves here from Ghana and you hear, you had an immediate connection with him. Right. And you guys, you know, you do the... You do the snap handshake that I still can't do and all that stuff. But how that that just opened up a world to you. Um, well, and it's really cool in a town like Emporia because the nations do come to us. And so we do see people from from all tribes and nations here, which is really cool. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's pretty neat. Okay. So that's going. Not necessarily going for, for a year in a far off nation, but what does it look like to just go in a small way? Maybe we need to think about that. Yep. And then the last one here is mobilizing. Garen, what does it mean to be a mobilizer? Yeah. Mobilizer is, um, it's just that I'm willing to help this call to God's church, to 12th, to the believers I know, to help mobilize people more into God's global mission. So I'm willing to help people catch a heart for that. And it could be that I'm like, hey, I, I care about this enough. I want to be on the missions team. Mm -hmm. In fact, Mike McTaggart's a great example of that. Two years ago, I think, or three, I did the Sunday before I talked about the 1040 window, and that so captured his heart. He got on the missions team just because he wanted to see our church do more for that, hmm. the 1040 window. And so he became a mobilizer through that. And I just heard a story of somebody who got to work with him Friday briefly and how his heart really impressed them. 
Um, but he, Andrew said something yesterday about mobilization that was kind of even a new thought for me. He defined it as inciting others to join you living out God's global purpose. And that even enlarged it more for me that if I can, if I can get my kids, you know, if it, like we talked, if, I, if at home I'm doing something with missions with my kids, maybe not every night, but I'm doing it once a month, once a week, that I'm mobilizing them. I'm inciting for the inside of them. I'm putting, planning in them a heart for God's global mission. So I can be a mobilizer in a lot of ways by inviting a friend to the missions conference. Like, hey, come, come with me Saturday night and do the supper. Just do the whole thing with me. That just by doing that, I'm helping, I'm helping to mobilize people. So it's just trying to get people to c- capture God's heart for the nations, I think. Yeah, he said that we mobilize people all the time, right? Oh, yeah. We mobilize, right. All the time. So, hey, hey, I'm in this pickleball group. Just come along. Come give it a try. We just mobilize somebody to take up pickleball. Hey, uh, you know, me and a buddy, we're going to go play disc golf. Would you want to join us? You just yeah. mobilize somebody. So what yeah. if we, in the same simple, low-pressure, relational way, just said, hey, you know, we're hosting a student for Thanksgiving dinner the next week. Would you want to come just have dinner with us and yep. hear about their life? Right. Or I'm taking a student to Walmart. You want to come hang with us and yeah. we'll grab Sonic after or something uh-huh. like it's, it's not as hard as we yeah. make it seem in our, or I'm, ha- I heard this yesterday, a family who was having a missionary for lunch invited other people, friends into that lunch to hang around them. Mm-hmm. So that was a form of mobilizing. Exactly. And yeah, you're right. We do it all. We're raving fans when we love a restaurant yeah. or we love something we've tried. We're like, I mean, the pickles I got for you in Texas. I, oh those? yeah. Best made pickles. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're a raving fan of those. That's right. Um, do we rave about God's mission? Uh, right. You and I don't rave about much. I mean, we never like rave about our sports teams. Um, People probably would hardly even know who we root for. I'm racking right. My it's brain. pretty hard to tell. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't think hmm. we ever rave about like, most mostly just the kingdom of God. For yeah, me. just mainly the kingdom of God. That's because <laughs> like we never start a podcast with anything. It's always just about <laughs> yeah, yeah, just through and through, just totally. So, <laughs> but see, that's an example. Like right, that come that flows out of us, right? Yeah. And we like to have fun with some of our friends who are Chiefs fans or K-Staters. But, but the truth is, is we, is, as he said, we do. We rave about things and we do mobilize for things. Yeah. Let's, let's mobilize for this. And once again, it can be such a small step like we just mentioned. I just think one of the biggest lies of the enemy in this whole missions thing is that it's too big. It's too much. It's too uncomfortable. And if, if we clearly saw just what small steps God was asking us to take, we would do it. And it would lead to bigger steps and it would lead to more clarity about our role in this whole thing. Yep. So there's no step too small, I would say, in it, you know, yep. even if it's just committing part of your quiet time for the next week. All right. For five minutes in my quiet time through the next week, I'm really just going to ask God what he has for me in this. I'm just going to listen. You're literally listening in the silence for what God might tell you. Maybe that's the smallest step you can take and it's the one you're supposed to take. Yeah. So don't feel too overwhelmed. Yep. And so I think I would, that was his challenge really is we want to be global Christians. Here's the four ways we've been challenging people that for a couple of years. That's our kind of every year challenge, but I agree with you. Just take this before the Lord and say, I want to become more of a global, I want a global Christian. I want to reorient my life more around this. Lord, what's one extra step I can take? Maybe it's like super doable if we ask people, okay, if you're out there listening and you did missions conference and you want to take a step. What is the smallest step I could take? And maybe I'll take it. Whatever it is, I'll do it. Like we said, maybe it's dedicating quiet time or it's looking up this missionary that I stopped by their table. Maybe just like looking up their website and seeing what they're about. Like what is the smallest step I could take and 
I'm just going to commit to doing that yeah. and see what God does with it. Yep. See what God does. Yeah. So it's not a big step. And if we all did that and we did that year in and year out, can you imagine right. what God could do? Or maybe that. you take the smallest step ever and God awakens something in you. Yeah. And it, it, it creates this desire inside you, right? That you need to do more. I think maybe that's also what we're a little afraid of. Yeah. Like if I open up this can of worms, you know, there's no putting it back in. So, but that's the Holy Spirit. He's going to do what he wants to do. That's right. It's exciting. Yep. He ended with a few really good questions. One, you know, we always think, well, do I have a specific call to go overseas? And Andrew's contention was this, Jesus has given you the specific call to go. It's called the Great Commission, and it's for everyone who follows him. If you're going to stay here and not go, you need a specific call to stay, which was such a cool thought. Yeah. Um, that you have been called by the gospel to go to the nations. And if you're going to stay here, you need a specific call to, to stay. And so it's just this, it's kind of flipping it on itself, right? Yeah. And so if I am going to stay, what is my specific call and what is my role still in this thing, even though yep. I'm staying here? So that was super challenging. And then this other question that he posed to us, um, he said, is my life the best response to the great command to love my neighbor and the great commission to go to the nations? Is my life the best response? If you looked at those verses, what Jesus says about loving your neighbor and going to the nations, and then you looked at your life objectively, would you say, with the way you're living, is that the best response to these commands? And I think most of us would say, no, there's probably more we can do. And so how do we reorient and what do we do to get there? Yeah. Yeah. I, lo- I love the way he ended with that, that question. And I've been thinking about that. Like, is my life the best response? And so what is a next step I can take to get my life a little more reoriented to what God's doing among the nations? Yeah. So. Okay. Any final thoughts or anything here? No, I think that that's how he ended. I think that's a great way. I think even coming back to, cause I brought us back last night to that first story of the farmer who didn't harvest the field that it is a tragedy to have a harvest that there's no labors to to harvest it. And so just that reminder that this is what God's about. It's where his heart is. And so we need to have our heart where his is. Yeah, totally. And if you think about it, the chiefs are really missionaries because they went on a trip and they served the poor and destitute Broncos and gave them a win. (laughs) So way to to do that mission work, chiefs. Yeah, way to go. Good job, guys. All right, we'll see y'all later.